0: The coffee and the, the role of the exporter is like to protect the quality. So in the first step, we have that coffee chair in the plant, right? And then the producer will dry it, you know, like a wet meal dry it and put it in bags, as you said. Then he will deliver the coffee to us. And we have to protect the quality.
1: I'm Kenneth Thomas, and you're listening to Coffee 101 brought to you by Humble Coffee. Coffee 101 is your one-stop shop for everything you need to know about coffee. Season one takes us on coffee's journey from seed to shelf. On the show today, we've made it out of the farm. Our coffee is getting packaged and ready for export. Have you ever wondered how your ridiculously awesome cup of coffee got there? I mean, the journey Literally. No? Never thought about it? Okay. So I'm going to complicate every food experience you have because you're going to think, well, now that I know how coffee gets to me, what about that croissant and this banana? How about that beer I had last night? I'll be honest, I'd never thought much about it either until I started learning about coffee. And I'll let you in on a secret. Coffee has a fascinating and exotic journey. It comes from all kinds of crazy places all over the world. Just so that you can sit in the relaxation of your air-conditioned car, listening to this podcast, order it, and drink it. Sometimes even without doing much more than getting out your phone or your wallet. Coffee is like the pirate or Christopher Columbus in your life leaving some strange land, crossing the sea, and ending up in a drive-thru in the suburban Midwest. Just for you. Yes, you. You've been listening to Coffee 101, so you know the farm by now. You know where coffee grew up, cut its proverbial teeth, and you know about the suburban drive-thru. Don't deny it. Admission is the first step. But today, today... I want to shed some light on that rugged explorer of a coffee you have in your hands, the one that likely sailed the open seas for the sole purpose of reaching you, just when you needed it at 7.43 this morning. We're going to talk about coffee exporting, and I've got a great friend to introduce you to in Gino Reversi of Dynamica Coffee, an exporter out of Guatemala City, Guatemala. And today in the studio, I'm joined again by Katie. Hello. So, do you know anything about coffee exporting?
2: No. I mean, I know what it is.
1: Okay. Tell the 101ers what coffee exporting is.
2: Coffee exporting, in my...
1: Humble opinion.
2: Humble opinion, if you may. Pun intended. That was hilarious. Um,
1: (laughs) No, it wasn't. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. Focus. So,
2: coffee exporting, I believe, is just the coffee, like the actual beans, the green uh, beans, and like the little. Is it burlap?
1: G- yeah, burlap. We call the them little the
2: little bags.
1: And we'll talk about that more in the episode today with Gino. So I'm yes. excited you brought that up.
2: Yes, which are huge, by the way. I don't know if you've ever seen green coffee bags, but they're really big.
1: Yeah, technically about 154 mm-hmm. pounds. It's yeah, so hard they're. To pick up.
2: I've I've tried to pick one up before. It's really hard. Anyways, but it's just the coffee bags getting from the country that they're coming out of or the state, if it's in America, if you live in America, Mm -hmm. um, to where the actual beans are roasted.
1: Yes, but one step in between. You have the importer, so they technically go to the importer who is another person on the other side of whatever that sea or ocean is. And they get it in, and they get it in a warehouse, and then they sell it to the roaster.
2: Hmm. That's that's a pretty important step.
1: It is, and so today we'll be talking all things coffee export. So we'll be talking to Gino Reversi of Dynamica. That is a really cool coffee. name, Gino. Gino, or, yeah. Like when is I see, it when sounds I,
2: Italian. He's Italian? not
1: Italian. He's not Italian, but. Um, his email starts with Marco. And so I thought his name was Marco, which uh, would have been a cool name too. Yeah. but That he goes, also sounds Italian. <laughs> but he goes, he goes by Gino. Um, and so as people, as one-on-oneers will learn in the show, he's actually not Italian. Huh. Um, where is he from? He's from Central America. Oh. He's technically not from Guatemala. Okay. I'm not going to give it away. Um, everybody will learn it in the show. Okay. Um, but that's where it works right now.
2: What's his full name?
1: Gino Reversi. And I'm probably butchering that name. It
2: sounds like you'd be like Gino Reversi. You know what (laughs) I mean?
1: Yeah. He probably has... We're going to go ahead and say it, Gino. You probably got some Italian in there somewhere. All right. So let's go to my interview with Gino with Dynamica Coffee. Gino, great to have you on the show today.
0: Hey, thanks for the invite.
1: Now tell me... So in this episode, we... Have already talked about the coffee bean at the farm level, and it's okay. ready to be packed up and shipped out. And um, so that's that's kind of where where you come in, and you're with Dynamica Coffee in Guatemala. Yeah. And tell me a little bit about what you do there. I know you're kind of like a jack of all trades.
0: Yeah, pretty much. I'm you know involved in many parts of the operations. Uh, since the sourcing, uh, 2D trading, you know, all the futures involved. I know that's something that's more complex, but it's a really important part of the of the business in the exporting company. Right? Um, I'm also you know, like overseeing the quality control department. So yeah, it's a bit a bit of everything pretty much.
1: Okay. Gotcha. So, um, just a little bit of background for our one-on-oneers out there. When coffee actually is bagged up, it's usually put in what we call Grain Pro bags, which are then in jute bags. And Grain Pro bags are, um, it's kind of like, I guess you'd say, it's like a plastic bag almost. It helps preserve the quality, um, you know, by reducing insect Uh, damage or infestation, reducing mold risk, reducing oxidation, and, um, you know, uh, preventing hopefully moisture from coming in. And then a jute bag is kind of like a burlap uh, sack. Um, And interestingly, our fun fact comes from the Bengali word, huto, I think that's how you say it, J-H-U-T-O, which means twisted hair. And um, (laughs) these things are pretty heavy, um, you know, usually about sixty to seventy kilograms, um, yep. which I think is about one hundred fifty four, one hundred fifty six pounds or so. Um, and uh, the only other thing to say, or I'd say about the bag is well, two things. One is uh, they usually have a really cool, um, like some kind of logo or something crazy, you know, on there, and then technically they will have numbers usually at the bottom of the bag. And the first yep. set, well, you tell me, what, what, what the heck yeah. do those numbers mean?
0: So, uh, the first number is the country number. Okay. For example, for Guatemala, we have the number 11. Then, uh, the second number would be the exporting uh, company number, okay. the official number. So, for Dynamica, we have the 965. And then, the last number is a, we can say like, here in Spanish, we call it the partida, but it's like uh, a collective number. It's like, you know, sale one, sale two, yeah, whatever. Like yeah,
1: like a lot number.
0: Yeah, the lot number.
1: Yeah, and so that that helps with uh, tracking because this coffee has to get from Guatemala, in this example, all the way to somebody's random cup in, you know, Kansas yeah. <laughs> City. And um, so if, worst case, there was, you know, some recall, um, that's an easy way that, that it can be tracked.
0: Yeah, I think that's the most important, you know, traceability number. Yeah. Uh, it could be a recall, but it could be also, hey, I want uh, the similar coffee that the ICO, I don't know, like eleven nine sixty five ten, for example. Yeah. I want that profile. So that helps us to identify which coffee was it and how can we like do it again in the next
1: in the next uh, season right gotcha yeah okay so we have the coffee in bags and um it's now in a warehouse somewhere uh at the origin or or in a port i guess Um, yeah and then take us from there what happens because you were using big words like futures and trade and you know stuff that i only have a couple syllables but you know we have no idea what you're talking about.
0: Yeah. Um, well, let's let's begin from like a principle, right? And I'm going to begin like early before the meal and that's the yeah. plant, right? Yeah. So the coffee and the, the role of the exporter is like to protect the quality, mm. right? So in the first step, we have that coffee chair in the plant, right? Right. And then the producer will dry it, you know, like a wet meal it, dry it. And put it in bags, as you said. Then he will deliver the coffee to us, and we have to protect the quality,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So, if, for example, the quality of the is one hundred percent, and now after the wet mill is ninety percent, and we want to keep it at ninety percent, right? Right. So we need to have like very good uh, warehouses, um, with like a, a like a really good flow of air, so we don't have like moisture. Mm. Moisture issues are no good, you know, for tiny coffee. And, well, for us and Dynamica, we use a lot of grain pro, as you said. So, with grain pro, we can keep keep the quality at, you know, 90%, let's say, Mm -hmm. right? And then uh, we assign the coffee to a contract, right? We send a pre-shipment sample. Mm -hmm. And if the roaster or the buyer, the end buyer approves, we mill it and then we... Uh, we mill it according to the uh, the contract, and then we put it in um, duty bags, rain pro liners. We do all the fancy logos, mm-hmm. and then we ship it. You know, when, when you say it like that, it's, like, pretty simple, but there's a lot of no. stuff involved. Right?
1: Yeah, there is. And so yeah. I, I've got a couple of questions with that. So when just for our one on ones out there, um, am I correct in saying when you're saying you mill it, you're taking that parchment layer off? Yeah. Okay. So,
0: yeah, in Guatemala, we receive oh, at the dry mill mm-hmm. pretty much uh, coffee and parchment, right? Right. Um, so, when we mill it, we re- we're removing the husk, you know, all right. this, this skin, this uh, yellow skin. And then we're like polishing the bean and selecting by uh, density mm-hmm. and then selecting by color. So, you have this uh, really good uh, green. Uh, beans without defects. That's when we say millet.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And um, you know, uh, with that, um, so you have it there and it's stored. Uh, one another question I had was, do you, with Dynamica, have any coffees specifically that you don't store in Grain Pro bags, just in jute bags? Because I know we see that yeah. from other countries, so I was just curious.
0: Yeah, it also depends on the season and the logistics. Uh, for example, this year uh, there's a, a lot of logistic issues, so the pool is like the savior right now because you can keep quality for mm-hmm. like a longer time. Yeah, and let's say in a normal crop or normal like market environment, you can keep uh, the coffee without rainproof. I think during the months of March to May mm-hmm. and the quality will, will be like uh, the same, but nothing will happen to the quality. The issue is when you get into winter, then you get rains and then you get like moisture levels. that's mm-hmm. going to uh, will increase. So yeah. Okay. And You can do, you can do both. It depends on the time. It depends on the market that you are like right now. It's a logistics nightmare, but yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, and I would say, you know, and there are some countries that, I mean, they do consistently skip that Grain Pro bag, um, and they do tend to have coffees that, either for that reason and or different processing methods, um, it does taste different. Um, And uh, one of the things I think, Gina, that you're pointing out is with the Grain Pro bag, you stand a better chance of preserving the quality for longer. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. So now it's in the warehouses and and you were talking about, you know, sending out shipments, uh, you know, for buyers to say, okay, that's what we want. Um, Do y'all specifically, um, you know, when you make an agreement, is it usually for a container Or do you have some agreements that are even smaller than that?
0: Yeah. uh, For us, that we are a specialty coffee exporter. We do pretty much any size. Okay. So we have two production lines. One is for, uh, you know, the full container loads Mm -hmm. and then a micro line. And in that line, we can do one bag, two bags. Wow. You know, whatever size. Uh, I think the minimum that we can do is uh, one box of... 30 kilos.
1: That's crazy. So for
0: like a super nano lot.
1: So, yeah. but but you would have to, I mean, for it, whether it's a container or 30 kilos, like you yeah. have to do all the paperwork, right? Exactly. Oh, wow. Okay.
0: Yeah. That That's why our logistics coordinator is always in a good mood, you know? <laughs> or not. <laughs> yeah. Or not. <laughs> Just keep
1: giving that person coffee. They'll be fine. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah we do a lot of microtransactions. So yeah, that's, that's the business model that we are in. So wow. yeah.
1: Okay, well that's cool. Um, because I know a lot of exporters, um, they wouldn't even touch that, you know, because, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's because of the paperwork. I mean, you've got all of the, it, it because it doesn't matter the, the size. And so the more they can ship out under, you know, one agreement, um, it's obviously easier. And when we're talking about containers, um, For the 101ers, those are those shipping containers that you see on the roads, you see people, you know, build houses out of, you see them on barges, um, and they hold, I think, 26,000 pounds of coffee, or is that...
0: Yeah, um, a 20-feet container will have, like, 19 tons of coffee.
1: 19 tons. Okay. Yeah. So, that's... Yeah. Okay. And... Do you know by chance, like, just off the top of your head, like, ballpark, Mm -hmm. how many bags of coffee that is?
0: Oh, well, it's going to be, like, in a 20-feet, 275 bags of 69 kilos. Okay. Here in Guatemala, we use 69 kilos, like a standard measure.
1: Yes. So, say that one more time for our one-on-oneers out there. How many can you put in there?
0: 275 bags.
1: Yeah, so... When Gino is saying bags, he's not talking about your twelve ounce bag of coffee. He's talking about sixty nine kilos, so about one hundred and we'll say fifty two pounds or something yeah. like that. Uh, bag of green coffee. Um, so that's a lot of coffee, and then you 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 fly it you fly it across to where it, it needs to be, right?
0: Yeah, no, we cannot fly it. We send it home, you
1: know? Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. So too heavy. <laughs> it's too heavy. So um, it's way too heavy. Almost all of it is uh literally shipped like on a ship. Yeah. Um and uh then goes to uh, where would you say um we'll say like top three or five ports as far as where where y'all ship stuff out to? Yeah,
0: so first is I would say that you know, the US is the biggest consumer of coffee. Mm-hmm. So most of the coffee goes to the US. And I think main ports going to be, I would say, Oakland, uh, New York, and uh, Houston. Okay. Yeah.
1: Cool. Stay with us. I'm Kenneth Thomas, and you're listening to Coffee 101. Okay, 101ers. As you can probably tell, Gino knows what he's talking about. He's one of the best at exporting coffee is he or dynamica doing anything secret or unique compared to other exporters that make them special not necessarily except that they have a very clear vision of their goals and they put the time in to achieve them that's what makes them stand out humble coffee is the same way humble isn't doing anything that couldn't be done by another coffee company but they're consistently putting in the time, research, and effort to sourcing and roasting single-origin beans to perfection so you get the most benefit out of your daily cup or cups of coffee. You're going to drink coffee anyway. Why not give Humble a shot? Head to HumbleCoffee.com or check them out in the show notes. Now, let's get back to our chat with Gino. Gino. Well, what about, I know Guatemala is a pretty stable country, um, a very yeah. a very beautiful country, um, and but there are other countries out there that deal with instability um, with the government um, and mm-hmm. with, with other entities, um, and have you seen or heard instances where that challenges the Coffee export industry.
0: Yeah, well, uh, yeah, maybe may in other origins, but here in Guatemala, things are really stable. Like, uh, there's always this like fear because there's this new president with new, like new ideas, but nothing happens at the end. Like, yeah, so like the economy is like the same for the last probably ten years or so, right? Mm-hmm. No improvements, but nothing going either like way too bad, right? Yeah. Uh, probably in other countries, I would say maybe African countries, they have like other kind of like super corruption stuff doing at the ports or stuff. But here I think it's pretty normal. Yeah. Nothing crazy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you know, um, one thing we've talked about throughout Coffee 101 is that if we can get people to see, you know, the quality, the time, um, everything that goes into uh, their cup of coffee and it being a good cup of coffee, then maybe they would find it worth and happily pay a little more for it. And if they pay a little more for it, then maybe that's more stability for the exporter, the farmer, everybody. Um, And then hopefully on a grander scale, that feeds back as far as stability um, within those uh, those countries, like you're talking about, yeah. Um, um, what would you say for you, or that you've heard from other exporters anywhere in the world, are some of the the challenges of exporting?
0: Well, I, I can see an example that okay. happened like in Africa. So there was this exporter, and they have a like you know a container at the port. And somehow it was switched for like drugs,
1: right? Oh, yeah. That's not good. That's a kind of
0: issue. That's the kind of issue that could happen in Africa, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's not good at all. That's um, not good. So, so did they figure that out at the port or did they figure that out? At, at the port, yeah. Okay. Port. Wow. Yes. That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, yeah. Well, what would you say that you see as rewarding as far as minus drinking coffee like what what brings you in in the morning what what excites you
0: well I think uh, first when you're like in the inside of the coffee business and I and that and by that I mean you know you go to the farms and you know you talk to the producers and you walk the farm everything, right? you you see that you know the amount of work mm-hmm. that is needed to produce one cup of coffee yeah, you know I think you know you have to be crazy <laughs> to be a farmer because it's really tough yeah right and I think the most rewarding part is like you know helping that producer to sell his coffee yeah put it in like I don't know in the a coffee shop in the US and that that coffee shop says okay that's from this producer yeah and this farm right and I think that's you know the most rewarding part to see you know a happy roaster and a happy producer
1: yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I would say the same thing on my level as a roaster. Um, I would say that you, you do have to, I think be crazy to get into coffee. Um, especially respectfully, like you said, the farmer, um, because they probably get the shortest end of the stick in the whole process. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, if you love it, you love it. And, uh, so it's fun. Yeah. Well, anything else that you can think of as far as coffee exporting that we missed?
0: Okay. Uh, well, you know, like some people always think that the exporter is like a kind of like a just an agent, you know, like somebody yeah. that just like do paperwork. And, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But and you're, a, re- you're
1: a real person.
0: Yeah. But no, it's really tough because you have to source the coffee from a farm that's in the middle of, you know, some mountains, whatever, right? Yeah. And you have to take the risk, you know, uh, that the coffee will get to your meal. And yeah. it could be, you know, in the middle of the road, everything can happen, right? Yeah. And then uh, you have to take care of that coffee that as, as it is like a baby, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to keep the quality, mill it, and sometimes in the meal, uh, maybe the yields are going to change. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be like, bad yields and then you have less coffee Mm. and your contract is is needing more coffee. So, yeah, that's another part. And then uh, you can, you know, you can ship the coffee and then when you ship the coffee, the importer or the roaster can say, oh, no, that that is not uh, the same coffee that I Mm.
2: copped.
0: And then he could, you know, get a claim and he can claim. And then, you know, it's like, hey, man, but there is like one cup difference. Yeah. The other ones are okay. And, you know, there's like, we have risk in every single part of the operation uh, since the sourcing to the uh, delivery. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I've talked to. It's not that easy. (laughs) Yeah. I've talked to um, some guys who are importers. And one of the things that they said, um, as far as what excites them, is when they see. For example, that roaster who just com- commits to that farm end yeah. or that exporter and says, "Okay, well, maybe it's not the coffee that we cupped, <laughs> um, yeah. but we're still gonna take it." um yeah. you know, and so, so you're right. That does make a um, a big difference because um, because yeah. we're not, you know, yes, you do send out thirty kilo. Um, Exports, But for the most part, a lot of these orders are pretty big and there's a lot of money um, tied up in it.
0: Oh, yeah. And, and we can talk about money. For example, we pay the producers in cash and then yeah. we have to wait six months, eight yeah. months, you know, for the importer, you know, like when you ship it and then you, the importer will pay it. Yeah. But, you know, the time frames like in this like in this logistic nightmare, it's like six months or so. So, yeah, yeah. they're paying cash and then waiting for the money to come back. Right
1: yeah yours is higher risk I would say than than uh oh, yeah. us as a as a like me for example as a roaster because um my my pay in advance might be for ten bags on a pallet um and that yeah. that might be several thousand dollars, but it'd be less than ten thousand dollars um but you're talking about you know way more um uh, you know when you're looking at actually what goes out. Yeah. For example, in
0: this market, like uh, this year, I think was around $115,000 per container Mm. cash that you have to pay to the producer. Yeah.
1: (laughs) That's crazy.
0: Yeah. It's it's crazy.
1: Dynamica Coffee. And um, you've been working for them for how long?
0: Uh, Four years.
1: Okay. And are you originally from Guatemala?
0: No, I'm from Costa Rica, actually.
1: Okay. What brought you to Guatemala?
0: Well, uh, I came here like a long time ago because of my dad. That he got a job here, so Uh we came. Well, the whole family came uh, here to live, and then we stayed here.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. Now, was he in coffee, or how did you get into coffee?
0: Oh, this—that's a long story. So, (laughs) uh, give us, give (laughs) us,
1: give us the medium or the short story. Okay.
0: So, you know, I was like looking for a job, like back in. I would say eight years ago, uh-huh. right? And then uh, from my university, you know, like I got called, like there was like an interview with uh-huh. a coffee company.
1: Yeah.
0: And that coffee company is a multinational company. It's one of the big four. So I went into this, like a trainee program, right? It was a, like a three years and a half program. I learned everything about coffee since the warehouse to be well, trading and yeah. exporting, whatever, everything, right? And then the next step was sending me, sending me to Uganda, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, to keep the the learning. And then you know, it was like complicated to move, like from Guatemala to Uganda, right? Uh-huh. And then I moved here to Dynamica. That's pretty much the story.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm sure they're glad to have you. You seem to know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, I think so probably something
1: (laughs) all right well listen it was a it was a pleasure to have you on the show today Gino from Dynamica Coffee in Guatemala
0: yeah thanks uh thanks to you for the invite we are also we're like always really really happy to talk to roasters and you know like to learn more about the coffee business the true coffee business
1: yes awesome well cool so what did you think about that interview
2: I thought it was really, really interesting. This is like all the stuff I never think about um, when I'm just, you know, drinking my coffee in the morning.
1: Yeah, at 743 in suburban middle America. Right, there's like so
2: much detail that goes into this. I know, right? when you pull up, if I make it like in the morning at the house or if like I go by a coffee shop... I'm, you know, I just say, hey, can I get blah 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 blah, and they're like, sure, and then I pay for it, and then I get it. But there's this whole long process.
1: I know, like your your coffee is an adventurer. Yes. It is a pirate, or Christopher Columbus, sailing the open seas just to get to you. Aww. And people have no idea.
2: That's what that's what this is for.
1: Yeah. For yeah. people
2: like me, yeah, who coffee don't give it a second thought.
1: But now you do.
2: Now we know.
1: Um, I thought it was interesting, uh, and I kind of knew this going into it, but Mm -hmm. that whether it is a um, shipping container load or a 30-kilogram export, they got to fill out the same paperwork, which is super tedious. And so my hat's off to companies like Dynamica um, that put in the time for that. What do yeah. you think about him saying that he? Had oh, heard about
2: the um, about the when he got his coffee mixed up with the drugs.
1: Well, it wasn't technically his, but he had heard about it in another oh, country. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He'd heard in another country that that had happened, uh, which is kind of crazy. But
2: that's really crazy. You know,
1: you never know. A lot of these coffee growing regions can be unstable. Oh yeah, for and sure. And so, um, so crazy stuff can happen. Yeah.
2: Hey guys, thanks again for listening to Coffee 101. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Those two things really help us grow. Maybe lofty, but our goal is to educate everyone on the planet who wants to know more about coffee. Subscriptions and reviews help us achieve that goal, and we really do appreciate it. And y'all, if you haven't checked out Humble Coffee, click on the link in the show notes. I'm Katie Thomas.
1: And I'm Kenneth Thomas.
2: And you've been listening to Coffee 101, brought to you by Humble Coffee. Love Love you guys. guys.